Hey everyone, welcome to a special episode of Odds and Ends. Uh, this one we're going to be playing with the front porch intro because there is no intro music for Odds and Ends. A couple months ago, I went up to American Rental Centers in Morton, Illinois, which is right outside of Peoria, to talk to Brad Neep, uh, who runs American Rental Centers. Uh, we talked about the switch from expert to elite, changing his business name and organization from a, a couple of location-based rental places to more industry-specific rentals, and just navigating a whole lot of change as a leader. Uh, we, we had some issues with, with our video that make it so we can't share this, uh, the whole podcast via video because, well, there's, there's just not video of the whole thing. But we do have the whole thing in audio, so we wanted to share it with you and, and get that to you via odds and ends. Uh, if you like what you hear from Brad and you want to hear more from other rental leaders or pointers or anyone, subscribe to Point of Rental on the podcast platform of your choice. I guess Google Podcasts is going away, but you can still find us on Apple Podcasts. You can still find us on Spotify. And if there's somewhere else that you get your podcasts and we're not on there, then email me at marketing at pointofrental.com and we'll we'll try to see what we can do about publishing there so we can make things more convenient for you. Uh, thank you for listening today. And uh, here's here's my conversation with Brad. Welcome to The Front Porch with Brian Beaudry. We're here uh, at American Rental Center. ARC is how I, how I think of it in my head. Okay. Uh, let's, let's start off with the obvious question. You have been using Expert for a long time, and you recently switched to Elite. So why did you decide, hey, now's the time to go to Elite? So we had looked at it for a couple of years. I think we traditionally try to be on the forward side of, you know, progressively moving towards an update or something, you know, better, more advanced. Um, and primarily because of cost, we hadn't moved. There was a lot of other areas of the business that required uh, attention. And so we did push it off a little bit. And uh, really the ultimate thing that caused us to make the switch was to go to like the inspection app but we had to go to sql server thing so um so that was kind of part of it so yeah so really long story short is we wanted inspection app and that was really important to us and that's what made us make the jump and then that same year is when kind of pur1 became a thing and that was another thing that kind of put the nail in the coffin is we wanted access to pur1 Okay, so you figured basically, you know, hey, I was going to go to SQL anyway, so if I'm already going to do this upgrade, I might as well just go to the next next big thing. Yep. All right. Smart, smart. Now now you have made the switch, right? Where we are installed. <laughs> you, you have Elite. Um, what are you able to do with Elite that you couldn't do with Expert? It's hard for me to remember all of the things that we couldn't do with Expert. Um, I just think that just the dashboard and the user interface is quite a bit better. Um, you, it's more efficient to get around. It's quicker, you know, more shortcuts. You can kind of have quicker at a glance views at certain things that you didn't have before. Um, when I look at the old system now, I 
kind of like, I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe we lived there and loved it for so long. And so as far as exact features, you know, obviously POR1 is, is the biggest and kind of one app that kind of gains the different, um, you know, different places we live, uh, whether it be mobile workforce, inspection, fulfillment, you know, any of those areas, even just searching for the customer database or contracts or, you know, things like that, all having that in one location is, is pretty huge. Um, rather than jumping, you know, into different programs to do different things, you know, Oh, I'm sending an email to this customer. Let me log into a different thing. Um, doesn't just doesn't make sense in today's world. Now I, I do have some questions since I've never actually gone out on, on site and talked to someone who's actually been using it. So have you guys been able to like, leverage some of that uh, data caching that PR1 is, is doing where like if you're in an area where you don't have reception or whatever, or do you guys just have amazing reception all around here? We have pretty good reception here. And I will say that, um, you know, as a rental store and I, and I assume this is probably a universal issue is we wanted point of rental, uh, POR one so bad. And then once we got it, you know, you just get busy and you spend so much time doing a migration or learning a new thing that you then don't use all the features that you'd like to. Um, it's hard to push some of that stuff out to a team, uh, as, as often as we'd like to. So, um, we are using some of the features of it. We're not using it to its full extent. Um, just because it's hard to make that transition, you know, across the board to all teams uh, to use it. So I was going to say, it's, you seem very, very process based. Do you have like a process for which you are planning to get to there in the future? Or is it just like, uh, I, I'll save my like political capital work <laughs> and my willingness to just push people into things for, for when I really need to. So I will say that when I operationally see a major inefficiency, then that's where I'll use a push. So for instance, I was in a meeting last week and we have our dispatcher is he wants the biggest flexibility window as possible to create the most efficient routes as possible. So our sales staff is supposed to get flexibility of three days before the event and three days after and find out how flexible the customer can be. If they can't be flexible. That's fine. In word form, explain how flexible they can be. Your goal is to get three days. You, if you can only get a half day, you don't have to pay extra money for that. If they need less than a half day, like a two hour window, they're paying for that window. What a frustrating point for our customers was, is I was nice enough to give you a three day window before and a three day window after. And now it's the day of, you know, it's, it's three days before my event and you're not now nice enough to tell me when you're coming. And so we've had a lot of customers calling in asking, Hey, I said you could deliver Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday for my Saturday morning event, but you never did get back to me and tell me when you're coming. So they were they were developing a position essentially to as soon as our dispatcher routes them to then send them an email where they manually enter a delivery window on 15 minutes or two hours before two hours after whatever they were creating some manual thing that someone was going to do from home at night after they got home from work and i realized i'm like man winter rental i'm certain has some way to do this because we're not the first company 
to have a customer that wants to know when they're coming. And I know there's a text thing and things like that. So I went back to our dispatcher and he said, yeah, there's a thing. And so I'm like, let me get a hold of someone and let's get that fixed. And so that's, they're in the process now doing that, but we were about ready to create a position around something that point around does, but no one really knew, even though we've been users for, you know, ever since we've been open, some of our staff didn't know that and they're creating positions around it. So let's not create whole positions. Let's just, you know, try, try to use some of the stuff that's, that's supposed to be in there at least. Right. I know that it was a little bit getting too elite, but if you're talking with someone else who's using expert, um, again, you went to the international conference, there's a fair amount of people that are sticking around with expert. Uh, if, if you were talking with one of them and they're looking about switching to elite, uh, what would you advise them? What would you say? You know, I think, <clears throat> I think probably the first thing I would do is I would kind of just understand where they're at and what they're looking to do with their business. If they just want to live status quo, retire in five years, sell all their stuff at auction, be done in rental, you know, I would probably say, Hey, you're probably good. You know, experts, a great platform to stay where you're at and not do any more, not changing it, you know, but you will get left in the dust. So if that's not what you want, you either are going to do it now or you're going to do it in the future when it's more expensive and you're further behind your competitors is what I would say. Um, I think we waited a little bit longer than what we would have normally done. Um, and I think we felt the pain of that a little bit. Um, so I think, you know, it's kind of like doing the updates at some point, your phone starts running so slow that you should just do the updates and deal with the small incremental changes. And I think that this is just a natural step that, the reality is it's on a different platform that point of rental can, can make changes and make updates and create features and function and all of that stuff. It's, it's a different reality, what they can do in an elite than they could on the old expert platform. So definitely a must if you're not planning on retiring in the near future. Oh, so you're not re planning on retiring in the no. near future. Okay. I was going to make an announcement. But... <laughs> oh, well. You know, sometime have us back for, for that announcement and, and we'll come back. Speaking of, like, you maybe waited too long. Was that related to the, well, you'll tell me if this is related to my next question, which is uh, you did something fairly pretty, pretty unique recently that really has messed with our CRM back at, at, at our offices. Um, you used to have Morton Rentals and Peoria Rentals, and now you are American Rental Center, which uh, is, is not either of those names. And you are also create a scene uh, events, which again, also not any of those names. So you've gone from two general rentals to an equipment side and and, uh, and an event business. Why? I think pretty um, pretty standard thing in the rental world is, you know, company is either tool or event and at some point in their life got involved with one or the other and it either went and they both grew or one died off and they stayed um, in one camp or the other. We we really had two location based. They were named by the towns they were in and I thought that was um, pretty genius and really liked that, that feel, kind of your hometown rental feel and so having the name of the community you're serving is was really important and that's kind of the culture we want to put off to our team. So now you serve all of America. <clears throat> now we serve America. Um, I think 
what really hurt us is the event side served such a big area and the bigger we grew on tool, we served more contractors that also served both areas. So we had customers bidding, um, or quoting both companies. And, you know, as you know, if you have a conversation with two different salespeople, the conversation is probably gonna be a little bit different. So like our prices are still the same, but the quote may come back different based on what they told them. Oh, the tents, you know, a hundred yards away, the other person, they didn't talk about that in the conversation. So then they start pointing their fingers and be like, well, if it's the same company, why are the bids different and things like that. So that was a little bit of a challenge for us. And then also being in the high-end wedding space, um, my uncle Jack owns a plumbing company and he rents sewer snakes from you. And I'm getting my wedding from that same place. It was hard on social media to push out what we do. And you either had to kind of choose which one you were. So we kind of were forced into kind of rebranding and separating out that and with us consolidating two locations into one post COVID, I'm very grateful that we had both, um, divisions because the COVID year was really great for the tool center because everyone had some extra cash and projects to do. And they were all at home. Event was really poor that year. Everyone just didn't want to lose their deposits. So they pushed their events another year. We let them do that. So then we next year tool were really slow and event killed it because it had two years worth of events in one year. Yeah. So that was really nice to have. And then the rebrand kind of happened post COVID when we moved into this company headquarters and we decided to rebrand at that time, we were going to add the name creative scene events, but the Peoria brand was bigger than the Morton brand. So we, it would have made sense to our customers to call it Peoria rentals. Um, but it's in Morton. Yeah. Then that becomes a little confusing. So then that's confusing. So then we were like, man, what should we do? And in a couple of years back, we had purchased, um, American rental centers. So we still owned that name. We hadn't used that for three or four years, but we had, uh, about eight weeks worth of marketing meetings in a row, um, brought in Chipotle for all of them deciding what we were going to call the tool side, but we just could not come up with anything better than kind of taking back American rental. So that's what we chose. All right. So, all right. So you went from like the small location <laughs> base to the, you know, they are both in America. That's true. Yeah. But you, you didn't, you didn't think about like maybe Illinois rental. I'm sure that was on one of the boards or you have a plan. You, you're already planning on growing past Illinois and you will become a full American rental. We are pretty content, but I think we'll stick with, one location and just continue to grow our market share and all of our profit centers. That's our goal. Okay. We'll double the size of the building here and past that. I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe do that retiring thing. I, <laughs> I was going to say, you did already say that you're already outgrowing uh, this place a whole, what, two years. Yep. Why did you acquire slash merge with uh, create a scene? Cause that, that was a totally separate business, right? Yep. So create a scene uh, was a completely separate business. Um, they started in 2008, so about three years before we did, and uh, two amazing women started that. And when we opened, we just kind of hit it off really well with them, and they did a lot of the decor, floral, linen, kind of the fancier stuff, and we kind of did the heavy stuff, so we almost spent every weekend with them for years. They had always kind of joked that, you know, we should merge or do something together and, you know, things like that. And so we traveled together to rental shows and conferences and, um, you know, we just had a blast with them and they were a great culture fit as far as friends. That's why we spent time with them. Yep. And then post COVID, 
us building this facility, it really just made sense. Um, we were needing to come up with a name for the event side and it just finally was one of those things where just everything aligned and it just was, why would we come up with a new name? They have a better name than we have anyways. Yeah. You're, you're just like, you know, who has a good name? Yeah. And who would actually run an event place pretty well. Hmm. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a tough, a tough conversation to have. And, uh, you know, really it, it was one of those God things that it just, the timing was just perfect. And, um, you know, then the, then it comes, you know, taking the two processes of the two companies and, and figuring out what's the best process that they did, what's the best process that we did. Um, you know, the, probably the biggest thing is we chose point of rental that they used a different software. And, you know, that was probably the biggest operational change is getting all those prop, uh, you know, those process bases that touch the inventory, um, switched over to point of rental, but as far as the sales and stuff, they did that stuff just way better than we did. They had way better relationships with the brides and the venues than we did. It's not that we had a bad relationship. They just, you know, had so much more ground, um, in that area than we did. Yeah. I totally understand that. There's a lot of people where it's like, well, just going around with my wife or whatever. It's like, well, I, I thought I was friends with that person. And then you, you talked to him for a while and found out so much more than I ever knew about him. <laughs> uh, okay. So you also, when, when you got this location, you also added aerial and, and crane um, rentals. Why? <laughs> I like to end everything with just why. why? So, so as we, we had been wanting to do the crane thing for a while and we hadn't launched it yet we definitely had space constraints at our other two locations. And so part of it was, was adding it once we moved into this facility. Um, we also have one other company that's a very small part of what we do. Um, it's a towing company. So I grew up, my dad had an automotive shop and tow trucks. And so when my dad retired, we did buy the towing company and, you know, let's say a third of that revenue that the towing company does is actually just moving equipment for the tool centers. So it's kind of a nice complimentary business. And with a lot of event trucks, you know, we have control over when those break down and, you know, we have someone that can go get those and things like that. So that being said, uh, when we wanted to add the cranes, it was a bit of an insurance question and the insurance companies always say, don't make your business plans based on what the insurance is. We'll insure what you guys decide to do, <clears throat> but we really did want to stick with ARA insurance on the general tool side. Um, of things on the event side and they won't insure cranes. Sure. And so we already had aerial booms that were in, in quantities that area insurance was still okay with, but we knew that at some point we would outgrow. So we kind of knew that aerials were going to outgrow maybe area insurance. And we also knew that we wanted to add cranes. So it kind of made sense at that point. So what we did was we took our semis from the towing company. We took our aerials from the general rental. And then um, we took our shop from American Rental and then, you know, we added the cranes. So now we have uh, our shop is really has its, its, its customers are our profit centers. So our shop does all the work for all the different divisions. And at some point our shop will probably do outside work. But right now it just has some internal customers and they determine the priorities. And so that way we don't have event guys trying to do their own oil changes and things like that. It's like if they have a cart that needs welded, 
event doesn't need their own welder. They don't need their own set of tools. They just give it to the shop. The shop fixes it, gives it back to them, and sends them a bill. So when you when you added this new division, obviously there were there were some reason there were some ways you had to structure the business a little differently. Did it affect how you use the software in any way? Like, is it three divisions within? This? I don't even know how it works within the software for you guys. I know there's I know normal places will have like different locations. Is it just all the event stuff goes to this one? All the crane stuff goes in this one or what? Yeah. So so that was um, a bit difficult. So when we made the switch to Elite. We went ahead and added another store for the crane and aerial. And the problem was when we switched to Elite, we thought we knew that we would have a lot more security settings to where we can lock lock team members out from touching other things. That's a huge benefit to making the switch from expert to elite. And we were excited for that. I think it's pretty hard for a point of rental user to understand what that looks like because you don't have a you know, a manual to tell you what you can and can't do. You just know that you now have 1500 settings you can change where before you had, you know, 50. I've definitely seen that sheet or whatever. It's not even the sheet. It's just a page. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it was hard. So we really thought that making that switch, we would be able to keep our tool staff on tools and our event staff on event. The problem was when we create a culture that is, you know, we exist to inspire you know, our team members, um, you know, personal growth by creating an environment of love, hard work and respect. We believe this results in a culture that passionately serves each other and all those we come in contact with. We're trying to serve our customers. And so when our tool center opens at 6 30 in the morning and the event showroom doesn't open until nine and a customer comes in and they're desperate to pay this balance or return this thing, you know, um, they just want to serve them. And even though it really is serving the customer in that moment, it really was doing a disservice because if it doesn't go through the right funnel, that does not get checked in and that customer might get charged for it because they didn't think it returned. You know, if it, that, that tool center doesn't know the funnel that it needs to go through to clean process, whatever it is. So it became this huge problem where, well, I just need to know what your hours are. I just need to know, can I pick up this item on this day? I just need to know if, you know, if I need to provide my own extension or if, you know, whatever it is, yeah. you know, there's an endless amount of questions that the tool center tried to answer. And ultimately if they gave the wrong one, then they get the finger pointed at them. It really didn't serve the customer. So we really needed to get the tool center to not, you know, serve that event customers and vice versa. Yeah. Um, event customers wanted to run a generator the event sales gal is not uh, suited to sell the right size generator for this party. Yeah. Um, it's a tough thing to do. Well, how much does my band need? How much power does my band need? Yeah. Is a loaded question. So um, we ultimately then had to go back after we switched from expert to elite and we asked to have completely different companies made, not just different stores. So we actually now have three different point rental companies so that they actually can't even see each other's stuff. Um, Even the aerial division can't see, you know, the, the, the general tool counter that has staff that knows general tools doesn't have access to the aerial contracts, which has a different level of liability. So they can't even say like, Hey, can you rent me a harness? Can you, you know, can I pay my bill 
inside my aerial addendum, they don't have access to it. So it's helped us to create better systems internally by giving separation between those divisions. Okay. I, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but you know, one of the challenges of acquiring another company is, is aligning on processes and all that kind of stuff. Um, especially rental software. So how is it getting, basically making the switch and create a scene from their, their previous software? Did they actually ever do expert or was that, it was after elite? When we were kind of toying with the idea of, of doing a merge of some sort, we had been encouraging them to use pointer rental and switch to pointer rental. So they went to a show with us and, we drug them to the booth. <clears throat> we drug them to the uh, the networking thing the night before. Um, introduced them to a lot of you guys, and ultimately, they really didn't want to pay the money for expert. So yep. they did. We convinced them to use essentials. Uh, well, we didn't want. We told them to do elite, or I'm sorry, expert, and they what they did in their mind was happy medium and they went to essentials and it just did not go well they did it for three months and then they they jumped back on their old software and it was kind of like you know i would have rather you just stayed where you were at because expert and essentials just aren't the same yeah yeah okay if, if you could redo that experience of going through a merger with with another company what would you do differently this time so I think we have had two large, you know, um, mer- merger slash acquisitions, you know, over the the two main ones. And the first one, you know, was a company that I think, I guess I would encourage people to really look at, do you want to double your headaches and maybe double your revenue? right now do you need that or is it better to continue to sustain 15 percent year of year growth or something like that what is better for your team and your facility really look hard at that um double the revenue isn't double the profit in a lot of cases um, especially in the first couple of years just count on the fact that you're going to have a major learning curve whether you think you are or not you will um, or there's a good chance you will um, so, and then the other one, I think I'm not saying that the first one shouldn't have been done, but I think I maybe would have looked at price point and some of the other things that we negotiated through that and maybe would have done that a little differently. Yeah. <clears throat> the second one I think was more of a slam dunk because it kind of came with our good friends and they're still involved and stuff like that. So that one was much easier. Um, I would probably say just talking through the expectations of how we're going to operate, how we want to serve customers, looking at the difference. They did these things really great. We did these things really great. You, you then have to, you can create a, a shared culture, which we, I think, have done pretty well in comparison, but then operationally uh, pre-planning some of that out yeah. should have been talked through quite a bit, almost to the point of having a third party come in and 
look at it and help. It's not that we don't argue, you know, because it's not like we get together and argue about it. Yeah. But it's more like, hey, this is really important for the sales side and the serving of customer side, and your process doesn't do well at, you know, assisting in that. Yeah. And then on the other way, it's like, hey, now we're way bigger. We need to create a process around this. We can't just say, oh, we always do this. There has to be some sort of process or um, thing like, like that that kind of helps serve that. So I think probably just the, the planning and, you know, really looking at the financials, combine the two, you know, digitally and go, this works, this doesn't work. Um, instead of just using your gut to go, this makes sense. Oh, darn. I'm, I'm much more of a this makes sense guy. So I guess I won't be acquiring any any businesses in the future. Um, yeah, that was that was all the questions I had. So thank you. Thank you for having us.